Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Season 5. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Shadowhunter, Deadringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA Sports, and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows. Additional support provided by Deer Camp Coffee and Yeti Coolers. Hey guys, welcome to the Boner Planet Podcast. Myself, Dave Thomas, tonight, along with Jamie Noboom, Kevin Conlon, Tim Azra. Actually, we got a full crew tonight, which is not always normal. And in fact, Kevin will be traveling soon, so I don't know. We're not sure he'll be working down there or not. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he'll be online, but you know, I don't know. When I'm not bow fishing. Yeah, there you go. Bow fishing, and uh, you know, see how that goes down in Florida, trying to get away from the winter that's coming tomorrow. So I think he's going to get hit by it before he can leave in time. Yeah. Well, I got my second COVID vaccination today, so oh, I, may not, I may not be feeling perfect tomorrow. Yeah, sounds like you're going to need some time. Anyhow, we're joined with the guys from Reaper Archery. How you guys doing? Pretty good, man. Good. What's up? All right. Yeah, so I did. I talked to you guys online. It's how we met uh, through Carbon TV and in in their channel. And uh, real excited when you guys reached out to, to have a chat and, and you know, having all these different shows online it's like one of these important parts in my mind to like sit down and talk to you guys like you know what's the show about and how did you start it and uh, i think these are the the types of things that um we need to do so people can understand what's going on and what's on carbon tv because there's so many great shows on there and, and you guys definitely have something that's really well done so i guess let me just kick it to you guys you know like uh, how did you guys start it and and uh you know how to get this far i guess so basically the way that it started is uh, when I was in college, I just played around with video editing. I didn't really go to school for it, but me and my buddies just played around with it. And then um, one day, one of my cousins was like, dude, you hunt and do stuff outdoors constantly. So why don't you start filming some stuff? And I did. And uh, then I started like looking in the industry, finding out, oh, people are getting sponsored from this kind of stuff. And um, it was like 2011. And I, I literally just made a DVD, designed the cover, everything, and just mailed it to anywhere I could mail it. And then from that, some people were like, oh, it was pretty good, but you need to do this. Or how come you don't have social media? Why aren't you on Facebook and Instagram and doing all these things? And I just started trying to grow it from there. And it's funny how me and Matt are related. Um, So my wife's dad got a divorce and married a lady who has a daughter after they were married, she met Matt. They started dating. And when me and Matt first met each other, he was like, it, I, I, I was uh, assuming he was shy because he was just sitting there quiet or whatever. 
because he thought I was like a city boy. So he was like, oh, you know, we don't have nothing in common or whatever. We hung out a couple times just at the house. Like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, nice to meet you. Everything's cool. And then I had to move to California for three years for my wife's job. And while I'm in California, this dude hits me up. He's like, hey, this is Matt. Uh, this Reaper Archery page is yours? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, why didn't you tell me that you hunted? Man, we could have been hanging out this whole time. <laughs> and I mean, I was like, because it wasn't that big. You know, I'm just trying to do things here and there a little. And he was like, dude, let's team up and just like try to hit a home run. So ever since then, we if we're together, we film each other. If we're alone, we sell film. Through the years, we've got some people to send us content. Some people, they come, they go. Some people stick around. It's hard, man. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, we know. So a lot of people think they're like, oh, we're going to make it. And after like a year, they're like, yeah, man, I shot a good one, but I left my camera behind. I'm sick of lugging it around. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? I can't. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Photoshop a deer in there for you to kill. No doubt, man. I, I, I love that story. Love the shirt, too, by the way. My, my my, I just got it. I just got it. <laughs> Underline. I like, I, I like more than three people, but maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. The story of the the hardship of owning a show is, is, um, I try to make it very apparent, and it's definitely a question on my agenda for you guys tonight. And I I ask it to everybody who has the show and comes on to the podcast because, you know, we uh, personally have had two or three shows throughout our career, Bowhunter Planet, and everyone because of Bowhunter Planet, it was always easy to get the the stuff we needed as far as gear and everything, it was never a problem, like getting sponsors and all that. That was never the issue for us. It was always the the quality of the footage, the guys actually taking their camera, the ones who, oh, I, I went out and the camera wasn't working, even though they didn't bring it. You know, Suspicious. it was just mm, such a hassle. Yeah, that we very suspect. Not, yeah, we just ended up not doing the shows anymore because we had all this other stuff we're doing anyway. But we do we do still film a little bit, but it's more for like our personal library. But we use it on the show, you know, we'll use it on our test lab show and stuff like that. But see, those kind of shows and like this show are contained and you know, we all own part of Boner Plan. Everybody on here owns part of it. So it, there's a stake for us, right? <laughs> Whereas when you when you hire people, bring people in there is no stake. And if they want a free bow or a free this, it's cool. They'll take the bow and start to do a lot of work for you. And it looks so amazing. Right. And then all of a sudden they just kind of like flitter off and then they, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess give us some experiences for you guys in this situation. Like, I, I mean, the ones who have left, did you, did you find it very hard to deal with that or how did that go for you? I mean, um, the, the worst one for me, there was a guy who, who was teamed up with us a couple guys came one year and they were all gung-ho about it or whatever and uh he shot a really really good buck on film and he was rolling with us the whole time the whole season and uh you know he posted pictures of it and sent it out you know to people and this other show that no longer even exists was like dude like let us use your footage come to us like let us poach you from reaper archery and he was like, hey, man, I'm kind of wanting to do this. I think it's a good opportunity. And I was like, what? And so he gave him the footage. They used it. And then they never talked to him again. And I was like, they just used you for content, bro. And now <laughs> Matt knows who I'm talking about. I don't know what you guys want me to say. I don't no, want to throw anyone on the no. bus. But... That's a good example, though. No, that's a good example, man. And that, that's, I mean, that that's it. The content's the hardest part, right? I mean, there's all the yeah. work after it. So don't get me wrong. All of that stuff from beginning to end is hard, but 
getting the actual content, having a successful hunt is one thing, but having a successful hunt on film is a whole nother level, whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah, And you got to have 100%. You know, I mean, you guys, I feel like you guys have a great, great thing going, especially with just two of you. I think it actually makes a lot easier. You just have to, you know, even if you don't get the footage that you think you need, you have to find ways to make creative footage, you know, as well that can, you know, take place of that, you know, in, in whether that's like, you know, how to's and, you know, just even showing the hunt, but not getting it through. And, you know, we talked right before the podcast about your SD card breaking in the field. And that's, I mean, I've had that happen to me two or three times and like with GoPros, especially. And for some reason with the corruption and it's a disaster and then you go back and you're like, I can't believe it. Or you delete something on accident, you know? Oh God. Uh, how many dude, how many blooper uh, reels do you guys have that's what <laughs> uh, we have a bunch <laughs> yeah. we have a bunch now here's the problem okay uh, i don't know well i'm not built for 2021 man i'm built for like <laughs> 1994 like <laughs> so my blooper reels our blooper stuff i would be afraid to air some of it because well we canceled or me too or something or whatever they call it today i have no idea but you know, there might be these. some cuss words and some bleep buttons. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm struggling. Matt, people tell me, I, I say cuss words. I don't know why. They just come out sometimes. <laughs> Not me. You do you, boo. <laughs> I'm just yeah. So we have some good, some good blooper stuff, but I just, I don't know. That's the problem. If you want to be out on social media and stuff. You got to yeah. be careful sometimes. Those are the best ones, though, man. One, I, one of the most memorable ones was uh, Jamie trying to get an arrow <laughs> out of this. I had no idea I was man. being filmed. <laughs> oh, oh. The f bombs flowing out down the river on that. It was, it was probably like yeah. what fifteen degrees, and we were trying to shoot a video outside, and every arrow kept getting stuck in the target, and I was just losing my mind. Sword in a, <laughs> a stone. Yeah, like this is just the f and four stone. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, so t- tell us a little bit about growing up. Like, how did you guys originally get into hunting? Um, for me, I grew up um, basically bird hunting. My dad, he was just a bird hunter. Uh, we grew up duck hunting. I had a, uh, my great grandparents had a farm. Uh, I actually grew up in Missouri. I live in Kansas now, but we had a farm over there. So I'd go, you know, on the weekend duck season and uh, there's a few quail back then but not really and then as I got probably 10 11 years old uh, me and my buddy one of my my longtime good friends we just picked up the bows and we started traipsing around the woods and that's how it is and I had to learn all of my bow hunting skills on my own so um, that's that's how I got into it but I absolutely fell in love with it just uh, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into duck hunting and all that too. And I don't know if any of you guys are that, but getting up at two and three in the morning to go put out a 200, 300 goose decoy spread is not my cup of tea anymore. I get way more enjoyment out of, you know, chasing a big whitetail. So yeah, we got a couple of uh, guys but, on the team that love the duck hunt, but it overlaps with our uh, deer season. So we just make fun of them. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, my Growing up, yeah. they were deer hunters. So my dad and I, we kind of introduced them to the bird side of thing. And now all of those guys are like Ducks Unlimited members going to all these banquets and everything. It's like a total flip flop. 
So, but that's how I did, um, got into it and I really enjoy it. And it's definitely just my passion. I look forward to it. I mean, I was thinking about it today. So. Do you remember your first bow? My first bow? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, the little stick and string bow, um, I had, I've had a bow ever since I could probably walk. My grandma always made sure I, I got into the, the outdoor gadgets and stuff at a young age as well as guns as well. But yeah, my first bow was probably just a stick and string made in the, in the garage. And then, uh, my first actual bow, it was, a a PSE Nova. So no, that's a big, that was a big one back then. The Nova. I remember that one. Yep. I was, I think, 12, 12 years old, 13 years old, something like that right there. So, but that's it for me. Um, MJ? Yeah, tell us your um, life story, man. Well, I was adopted by my grandparents, and my grandma was not much into the outdoors, but my grandfather was big time into fishing and, like, dove hunting. Not really. Maybe when he was a teenager, he hunted deer, but no stories about it or nothing. And, um. I have a whole bunch of uncles because they had six kids. And then my dad's side of the family had a bunch of kids, but my dad passed away. They adopted me when I was a little kid. And um, all my uncles were into the outdoors. And I have one uncle, his name is Kevin. And one day he was like, when I was real little, he would just drag me with him to the, you know, the stand, maybe eating nutter butters and candy and looking at deer. And, <laughs> you know, he would shoot one maybe with his gun. As soon as I got old enough, he was just like, you're young enough. When I, he said when he was a kid, he loved to bow hunt. So he was like, let's go get you a bow. But we just like went to some, uh, like a pawn shop and got <laughs> whatever was the cheapest bow we could find. It, but at the time, I think it was, I think it was, it was called a Martin Jaguar maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Jaguar. But it was. Yeah, Jaguar. I think they had both actually. Yeah. Some, it, it was a long time ago, dude. But, <laughs> but before that, as a little kid, there was like this little red fiberglass. It was a bear. It was just a string, and you know, you could probably shoot each other with yeah. it, and it wouldn't even hurt. Yeah. But we're just out shooting it, we'd not shoot up in the air. Yes, it probably would not, <laughs> right? Right, right, right. We're gonna try yeah, that so, when Kevin uh, goes out of town in the studio. So, so since nobody in my family did any type of hunting like the, that, he my uncle would always say, He said, I was, I got ruined because. <laughs> A guy, I went to a guy, he was a nurse at a hospital near where I live now. And I said, Hey man, I heard you have some land. Can I hunt there? He goes, go for it. I didn't know anything about hanging a stand. I mean, I was like, like, I don't know, 13, maybe 14, hung a stand, got up there. The first time I ever went and said it, this doe came walking right up. And I was like, I've been watching some, some, some VHSs and stuff. Let me. This is what they do. And I shot her and I was like, oh man. And now back then, no cell phones, no pagers. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I got, I saw her, walked all the way to the road, waited. It, the, the deal was this, he'll drop me off in the morning. He comes back and checks on me at noon. So I had to wait there till noon. I was like, I got one. And he was like, yeah, right, whatever. And I did. And he was like, you're ruined now. You're going to think this happens all the time. Yeah, that's <laughs> no doubt. But I, I, after I was, man, I was like, nothing. I'm not bad. I mean, gun hunting is cool too. I'm just saying, dude, I was like, this is for me right here. I'm all about it. 
Now, sure. I've sat many times without shooting a deer now. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask, ask about, right? Is, is you know, with, with needing to get content, have you ever had that, that kind of stress where it's just one of those years where there's nothing? Um, yeah, yeah, this yes. This year was one of kind of like that for me. Um, we just had, I actually missed a couple of deer back in October. Like it was just one of those crazy years. And sometimes, like you said, the stress just gets to you and you want to get that content and the camera just adds that a little more pressure and you've got, you know, just that anxiety, like, Oh, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. So that's probably some of the not so fun parts of filming, but at the end of the day, we love to do it. And now we take the cameras with us every time. So it's kind of like if, if we were to stop, it'd be like, we're missing something. We forgot yeah. that whatever your lucky hat or whatever you take with you, you know? So it's kind of become second nature to us. Yeah. And I've had, I'm sure a lot of people have done this. I'm Matt probably too. I mean, I've had like a target buck come in. And I cannot get the camera where whichever way he comes or the friends. And I, you could have shot him, but you wouldn't have had it on film. And I've been like, you know, I call Matt. I'm like, I just got down. I, I couldn't get it on camera, you know. And he's like, dude, you suck so bad. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, Come but and, and then and and then you start running out of time. The season's coming to an end, and you're like, dude, the, uh, you start getting nervous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we. We both agree with each other that you feel the pressure, but we tell each other, come on, man, let's not let the pressure like mess us up. Yeah, you I, know? I get it, man. Well, actually, I don't get it. I don't have that issue because, number one, um, I don't <laughs> typically film my hunts. Number two, I don't typically see or shoot any bucks. So, you know. Uh, <laughs> Tim, for years, Tim, for years, we used to be like, yeah, we got to film all this stuff. And Tim be like, so we would buy Tim like a state-of-the-art camera. He had this like sick camera. He'd be like, oh, cool, Wait, man. That's cool. <laughs> that's completely a waste of money. They call me the great, the great white-tailed doe hunter. Hey man, hunting's hunting, bro. No, I'll take it all day long. I just don't get that trophy buck pressure. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we had a couple oh, I get bucks. now. Here's the thing. So I hunt down here in Texas and Matt's in Kansas. So this dude is like, yeah, I got one, man, but he's only 165. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, we were we were definitely going to go there eventually. Like, I can't yeah. imagine the laughs and the looks, you know, watching other people's programs, maybe even our own where we hunt up here in Michigan, <laughs> and we're so excited for the 120. Yeah, oh, God. The 120 here is like a 180 for you guys or yeah. 200. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. I know in South Texas, people kill monsters, but I'm kind of like central, like more to the near the Fort Worth area. I'm in your boat, man. I'm like, 120, man. That's a stud, boy. Get him. It's got eight points. It's mine. Mary, and I, I, I watched one of your episodes where you, uh, you didn't have your greatest shot, but you ended up tracking and finding the deer the next day that the coyotes had got to. Dude, those coyotes ate everything. There must, oh. have been, there must have been about well, 50 of them on that thing. Now, now here's the deal with that. At where I was hunting that place, I lost that place. It's, uh, this was my first year w without that place. This was a test for me. We were like, dude, what's going to, you know, because I had no backup plan. Mm -hmm. And with, with, in, with that hunt, you know, 
that deer had been drug around. On that place, there's another hunt. If you went, if you go back far enough, or maybe it'll come up again later in life. But it, I'm the only one that filmed out there. But it happened to other people. You shoot a buck, and you said, "Let's wait till the morning." The hogs would, the hogs would destroy it. Hogs would eat the whole thing. Oh, that was so, hogs that ate that thing. No, I, I in the episode I say coyotes because normally when the hogs eat it up, all the grass is torn up, and there's like their tracks all around because like a whole bunch of them would come. Matt's gone out there and hunted before. He know there'd be like a herd of 20, 30 pigs just run right by, and you're like, oh, well, when does it end? It's crazy. Now, like, I'm not gone out there at night without a gun and a light. <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. But it's 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 crazy because it's not like they're like bloodthirsty hogs like from some horror movie. But if they're running to food or they're going to and they happen upon the deer, I don't know what it, they'll just eat it, destroy it. So yeah, that's um yeah. I feel you. Yeah, they ate, they ate it. four years ago. Mine wasn't even an overnight hunt. Shot a doe that wasn't sure. You know, was it, it was a, it was a it was a kill shot, but wasn't sure if it was going to go down and you know an hour or let it sit. So we we went back to the cabin, eat dinner, and then went out and looked for it. And we tracked that thing. It was a good blood trail. We tracked that thing for a good two hundred and fifty yards. Found it on the edge of the property. And it was nothing but skeleton by then. Coyotes got it within an hour, ate it all up, and it was gone. So I feel your pain, and man. That's the worst. What's crazy to me is how many people, I can only assume that they haven't hunted enough because so many people give me crap. They're like, oh, yeah, right. You didn't look hard enough. That's why it got, oh, there's no way it got eaten. I'm like, why? what do I got to lie about, bro? Like, that's what <laughs> yeah. happened. No, once they find it, they find it. It's over. I mean, they'll, they'll demolish that thing in about 20 minutes if you got a couple coyotes on that. So it, it's absolutely crazy. That's not yeah, right. and that place was super wild out there. Yeah, I, I couldn't that. imagine though. I couldn't imagine. I mean, in all honesty, I think I think wild hogs, and this might be from our experience with them, where you know I'm face to face with one at 15 yards, going, I don't have a, a bolt loaded in my crossbow right now, and <laughs> I think I might lose my life right about now. But I think those hogs scare me more than like hunting up here in bear country. Those hogs, Tim, you're talking about are not the hogs that they're. No, I know, but I, I, right. And what, I, what, what my experience, I was still scared of them. Well, I know. <laughs> like the Russian <laughs> boars. Yeah. Fast, like fast. Yeah. Like, like well, we worked at, at a hunted. We up in Michigan, we don't have, we have a pig farm like type things you hunt. It's not, and they bring in like Russian boars and all that. Ranchers, like, yeah. It's not like the tech. When I was in Texas and hunted um, hog, it was nothing like that. The, the hogs were scary as crap. I don't even know. Like I was sitting in a, I don't know, is it, um, I don't know what kind of tree it was, a mystique tree or something. They're like not very tall. Mesquite. Um, yeah. So I was in those trees and then I, you know, I'm sitting there and I hear, I mean, it's like early in the morning and I just hear, rah, rah. <laughs> I just hear like thundering, like running, like, 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 you know, like hoops, like, and I, and I see this black mass just go by and like stop and grunting and yelling and screaming and do all this stuff. And I'm like, I mean, it's like fast, dude. Like they're like clipping. And the next thing I know they come in, there's like 30 of them just rush into this corn pile that was put down in front of me trying to hunt an access deer. And the, and then after like 20 minutes, the access deer, which I can't believe there's any corn left, the access deer actually <laughs> came in and started charging the hogs with his antlers. It was unbelievable. Then I shot him. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> I haven't seen, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So he, yeah, he came in and like, I was like, oh my gosh. And this is a good example of not filming, right? Cause it's too dark to film. It's like, it's like early morning. I have a camera. It's just not feasible. 
and the guy that I'm with, I was hunting at lazy CK ranch down there. And the guy I'm with is like, you know, he's not even with me. I'm just in this tree by myself. And this all is happening in front of me. And so finally I get a shot. I, I get this access deer and then the hogs come back. They don't mess with that deer, but later that next, that night, or I think it was the next morning. Sorry. He's like, you know what? I'm going to put you back in a stand. There's a lot of hogs in there, you know? So I go back and he puts corn, same thing. Next morning, there's like 20, 30 hogs on this pile. And I'm sitting there thinking, how am I going to get this arrow in here? Like, there's like, a, they're all together. I mean, they're like touching. That's how close they are. And I'm like, if I shoot one, I might hit two. And I don't know. You know what I mean? You're like, you're, this is like a, this is a, <laughs> well, I don't know. Let like, it go, baby. Let it go. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, I'm on a ranch. I don't know the rules, you know, like I, he didn't say anything about like hitting two. So whatever, long story short, I got a shot, killed one only went like 15 yards and dumped. But anyway, when he comes over to get me the guide, I come down, the hog started charging back towards the scene. And he's like, get back in the stand. <laughs> and they were like, dude, I mean, I was like, my heart was pounding. Cause like, I, I mean, from Michigan, man, we don't see hogs like that. And there, these things were going nuts. And he like pulled out his sidearm. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> it was insane. Um, that was, it was oh. intense, man. Like Tim, you'd be crap in your pants. I'm not kidding. It was scary. scary. Oh yeah. No <laughs> doubt, dude. I'm not, I'm not like, down with that. It was especially it was cause fun. I hunt in a ground blind mostly too. I don't have protection. No, these yeah. things. Right. <laughs> there's been a, there's a couple, a couple of our episodes is when Matt comes down to hunt pigs in Texas with me. And like, you know, for the two weeks leading up to him coming, I'm out there like corning it up, putting out hog there, feed and everything. All up. Don't and, let him, uh, he loves hogs over whitetails. Those are his pride and joy. <laughs> you, know, you can just hunt them all year long, so it's something to do. Yeah. yeah. So Sounds fun. Every last time, every trip that he's come down, at minimum three. He'll, he, I'm filming him, yeah. we're in the tree, he shoots one, they kind of run around. Then he shoots another one. Then they kind of run around. And with the first time he ever came, I told him, I said, this is how it's going to be. They're going to not run away. And I ended up filming someone else. Uh, and he was by himself. And he texted. He said, I killed four already. And I was like, it's uh, been like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. It, That's it what you, guys need. You, got, you guys need to uh, do like a, a short film episode on, uh, you know, the, the killer hog, the, the killer hogs out there. Do like a nice horror movie yeah, you know Blair <laughs> Witch Project hog film that'd be great man. Tim can be the guinea pig we'll throw him out there let him chase him around I'm good the last <laughs> one we did the last one we did we said you know what we had this green light for predator hunting and we said you know let's go I set the feeder to throw after dark and everything and the footage isn't great because we had never tried it before yeah so I turn on the green light my camera was trying to adjust and yeah. I turn on but he how many did you shoot that night four Three? I think I think I shot three that night, but it was like what you said, Dave. Is my my uh, this was like my second or third time going, and we were hunting at night. So I'm like, I feel like a <laughs> poster, you know, I'm like what we could hunt at night down here is crazy. So we had green lights, but it was the same thing. Like as soon as it got dark, man, the woods just came to life, and it was not like any other thing you're used to hearing, like not deer or nothing. It's just an eerie feeling. And then this huge pig, he was, he was probably what, MJ, like four or 500 pounds. The wind he was huge. They started like growling, and we were in the same kind of tree, like a little tiny mesquite tree. And anyways, we ended up 
making the hunt successful. I actually missed the first time because I never shot a bow at night. And it was totally weird. I never would have thought of that. You're right. I, he, but he, he missed I, the first pig and they all ran. And he was yeah. like, he was so mad. He, I can't <laughs> believe this. I drove all the way down here and I ruined it. Now, I had this little thing that I bought from like an antique store that is like something they used to have a long time ago that you turn it on. It sounds like a feeder going off. And I was like, dude, let's try this thing. When he got back in the, he went down and got his arrow and climbed up. I pushed the button, whoosh, they came out of the woods like it no was way. nothing. We were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. It was nuts. It was nuts. But that big one, like, I wanted to shoot that big one so bad. But the sounds he was making, it was terrifying. And after, <laughs> after we, after I shot that, shot him, I was like, MJ, you're getting down first. Like, you go find <laughs> right here but it was it was nuts it's definitely an experience like if if any of you guys or any of the viewers watching it uh i always loved going to texas like this time of year february or march like before turkey season kind of that lull time when yeah. you know your season wraps up and you, you kind of still have that itch you want to do something but there's nothing to really do and hog hunting is a great way to you know uh curb that appetite for that so that actually sounds really fun. We gotta, we gotta maybe do that this time of year, man. Cause you know, up here in Michigan, we're stuck with five o'clock sunsets and uh, ice fishing. Yeah. That's about yeah. our winter time. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, and like MJ, he, he lost that place this year, which sucks. Cause it was like truly magical, but it was an awesome place. Like I wish that we still had it and all you guys could come down cause we would have a hell of a time. I'm telling you love yeah, it that's cool now in texas what i experienced and I, and I was gonna ask you this is everything almost like everything i saw in the land was like fenced is that the case everywhere you go or how does that work uh every like like a high fence yeah like everything like the, the where i went it was like seven thousand acres of high fence the the this mm -hmm. outfitter and but everything around them at least in that area i was was all all huge fences and that's why i was just curious if that's like that everywhere like everybody just owns everything or no i mean one problem that i know what you're talking about there's places in texas like that um the place where i that i had that i took matt and stuff when you drive out it was out in in eastland texas so when you're driving there you might go through a town and be like there's a high fence then there's there's no high fence. Then the next guy's got a high fence and I, I, you know, some of them will have like zebras or something. And then some just yeah. have big white tail. And a, a lot of the ones I've seen, they don't actually sell hunts there. They're just like, look, we raised these big deer. And then they like sell their, uh, Stuff. sperm. Yeah. I don't know what you can say. I don't know what you're allowed to say. On here. I'm sorry. Can you explain that to me? I'm not quite sure what you mean. Yes. <laughs> like a whale? Tim, Tim, Tim like needs a whale? birds and the bees talk. So they, they get I'm gloves. They get their gloves on in a bottle. No, I don't know how they do it. Oh, they think I did it the nurse with the nurse last week. Got it. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but but out there by where we hunted, not. Nah, I mean, I think there was maybe one place oh. like 200 acres that were high fence, but then all the rest was just wide open. And another thing that sucked. Now, here's a dilemma that I have. And like we're talking to you guys right now, I never act like I know everything. I'm on, like a part of me wanting to do this is to be like, oh, maybe I can get some pointers. Matt, that's maybe they can give us a suggestion for something we're doing wrong. But like, like Matt will, you know, 
when do you post your photos? What do you do? So there was people there that knew me and followed Reaper Archery and they see me shooting some good bucks and we're always having fun. Well, they're related to the landowner and they're like, hey, Uncle Bill, we want to come hunt this place. Look at all their success. And he's like, you got to go. My family wants to hunt. Get off. And I'm like, oops, that sucks. Yeah. So, so if I didn't film anything or take any pictures, I'd still be hunting there. Yeah. But then I couldn't film or take, you know, when, yeah. it's like a, uh, it's what probably do, all you know? Matt's fault. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they but, saw his bucks from Kansas and assumed that they were from there. Well, strange thing happened when I was in Texas, and I was going to run this by you guys, see if you guys have ever experienced anything like this. But when I was sitting in that tree, and it was the same tree stand, actually, <clears throat> before the – because what happened was I shot that access deer, and then that night I hunted that spot for hog, but I didn't see – I saw some at a distance. They didn't come in. But while I was sitting there, I heard this uh, – what sounded like a drone coming – and I'm like, wow, that's weird. You know, maybe they're out here drone. Film. I mean, I was there with Synergy Outdoors, so or Faradine, sorry, Faradine. I was out there with Faradine Outdoors. They brought us out there for this media hunt, and so I just assume like maybe they're filming from the main area. You know, maybe whatever. I don't know. I'm just thinking in my head like, well, maybe they're just filming and whatever. So I'm sitting there and it's getting louder and louder. I'm like, wow, maybe I can see this thing. You know, like maybe this is like some really high end drone. You know, I, I like look over my shoulder. I don't see a drone at all. In fact, what I see is the largest school bus size of killer bees I've ever seen in my life. Go. I was going to ask you, was it bees? Right, dude, it went right over my shoulder, like maybe 30 yards to my right over those short trees. I mean, it was, I've never seen anything like that in my life. I mean, literally it looked like a school bus with like mm-hmm. a fist going right through. I was just thinking in my head, all I was thinking is, wow, that's really cool. Holy crap. If that was over <laughs> my tree, I could be dead right now. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Yeah. What time of year was that? May. Right. I think. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. Guys? Sometimes. I think it was sometimes May. that. Now, I don't know if they're killer bees, but yeah, out I there, I assume. when we're like planning food plots or something, sometimes you would just hear this hum everywhere, everywhere. And then you. It would just be so many bees. I just assumed they're honeybees. But either way, I want to get stung by 5,000 million honeybees. <laughs> At first, I was like, this is so cool. And I was like, I should be filming this, you know, but the camera's on the other side of me. And I'm just like, because oh, I didn't expect it to be, a, you know, bees. And then um, right. just, I just wish to God I had that footage because I went online and I, could, I had a hard time finding anything close to what I saw. And it was like literally just incredible and then what they uh, one of the guides there um told me like some of the guides didn't know what i was talking about They're like i've never seen that you know and another guy's like oh actually i was on a boat and i was out on a lake in texas here and a hive like that came at me he said he jumped out of the boat and flipped the boat on top of himself so he could breathe through the boat and the bees went right over the boat <laughs> i was like oh, yeah so, so i'm not coming so- to texas guys hope you have fun <laughs> You keep your rattlesnakes and what you're taught what you're describing what i've been told is this is what's happening they all had a hive somewhere and either it got smashed something happened and the queen is going to look for somewhere new to live and the hive is swarmed around her to protect her and they go wherever she goes uh that makes sense and that's why that's why sometimes she's like, I need a break. And she'll like land on the side of Walmart and people will be like, oh my God, there's a million bees. And they'll call an exterminator to come. They'll come to kill them all. 
but they're just in the middle of moving somewhere else. Yeah. I saw a rat. They're not on a, well, they kill you. They're not on a bloodthirsty rampage. <laughs> I think it was a huge rattlesnake. That I didn't see the rattlesnake, but someone filmed it that was there with me. And then I saw a, um, I don't know if it was a rat snake, but it was like a huge black snake, like huge. It was nasty. <laughs> I was like, dang. And then the other thing about Texas that I learned that I, I actually came prepared, which is strange because I'm not the most prepared person, but uh, is it uh, Triggers? Chiggers, chiggers, chiggers. So everybody in that little expedition <laughs> got those things bad, except for uh, because I sprayed all my clothes and boots with Sawyer before I went out, like uh, like before I even got to Texas. I had pre put out everything, sprayed it up and down, and like I didn't get a single one. And every single person, including the guides, got those things, dude. And they were dying, <laughs> like scratch. Yeah, no, dude, those things are terrible, dude. Oh. I'll, like if I go check cameras or something and I just rush and do it and like the next morning I'm like what's this on my ankle and I see it and I'm like oh no my life is over <laughs> one time because they they don't just stay on your feet they spread to all your parts and you're in big trouble yeah we must have something similar in Michigan but not like that intense but like something similar because one time I was hunting and I was in this tree stand and I'll never forget it because it was so intense on my hand I was sitting there and I was waiting. It was like a summer. We were hog hunting and it was like, cause you can go all year round. Cause it's like, these are all like high fence type things. And I'm sitting there waiting for hogs to come in and my hand just starts burning, like burning big time, like an itching and burning. It was the weirdest thing. You could say fire, it's a fire ant. It could have been, I could have been bit by a fire. I don't know what the hell got on me, but I'll never forget it. Cause it was like kind of painful. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. Like I, I'm, I just got here. <laughs> Am I gonna be able to draw this bow or what? I I kicked a fire ant hive or well, like a bunch of them. Probably like, there was a big mound in Georgia. I kicked it. Oh my! I had only one under my watch, and it's it stung like a bee. Man, uh, I'm watching all these all these kids doing PT and like all over in those freaking ants. I was like, you guys are nuts. Oh god! This is up there. You got some special ants or something or what? fire ants but you know there uh, it was in georgia it was fire ants oh that was in georgia yeah the answer is no by yeah, the we way don't, we don't have too many creeps <laughs> we got ticks i mean but those things can't live through yeah. the winter Mi- michigan yeah. michigan's a pretty uh pretty peaceful place to be yeah. honest it's so cold. Yeah. it kills everything <laughs> mosquitoes ticks that's about it um, yeah. so tell us guys what's in the agenda for this year i mean uh how many i guess let's talk about this how many episodes per year generally are you doing and then What's your goals for this year, I guess, coming up? Grow. Just make the right moves is the goals, which uh, feel free to give us any ideas. But um, what we've done in the past has just been like, Matt, try to kill your buck. I try to kill my buck. I apply for tags. You know, try to get one or two deer apiece. Um, This last couple of years, you know, we've had guys that are, hunting submitting us footage and stuff um we had a husband and wife team that they're cool people um but they're kind of wanting to do their own thing like like husband and wife adventure series and i told i mean i think it's a good idea i think they can run with that and and have some success so uh i still have a bunch of their stuff edited maybe they're just going to use it for themselves maybe i'll air it too but i'm not sure what they're going to name it yet so I don't want to just make something up, but, (laughs) um, so it, the episodes, it just depends. Like, like you were saying, we were talking earlier about the pressure of having to get successful, you know, um, 
on stuff like Carbon TV and you know, YouTube or whatever you put it on, you know, there's not really the network's not hounding on you like you better have 13 episodes or we're gonna find you for every yeah. one you're short and then you're, you know, doing whatever to try to make up the footage. So one thing that me and Matt agreed on is we we don't want to air episodes where we aren't not I'm not saying we're we're not successful as we screwed it up, but we're not gonna air a hunt that's like tune in next week to see the rest just to fill in. Yeah. Oh, we had yeah, 13 episodes, but half of them were, oh, wait till next week when the deer comes back, you know. So we just want to make whatever we put out, whether it's we both have three or four hunts apiece. Uh, maybe some of the guys contribute and have some extra hunts to put in there. Just that it's quality. Not necessarily, yeah. we got 100 hunts last year. We got five, but they're all quality. No, yeah, you see, you see that way too much, and even a lot of the big shows, you know, it's all about. Well, we got, we got to get going. We got to get going. Like nobody really wants to watch episodes of you saying that nonstop. It's like yeah. you're, you know, yeah. you should be having fun, and your life looks like it absolutely sucks right now. Yeah. And then you start, right. you know, then you start reaching and kind of, you know, teetering and mm. different things you probably shouldn't be doing, and then you see what happens to some of these people. It's not worth it. Yeah, all of a sudden you legally shoot two bucks, and now you're now you're not hunting anymore. Yeah, I'd say uh, (laughs) the biggest thing is don't lose yourself in it because you know that this industry uh, hunting shows are tough to have. Number one, number two, I agree with Tim's uh, or Jamie's comment because um, we've seen in this industry from our perspective of actually working with some of these people on shows that are high end shows, and you know, there I don't want to. I don't want to bash anybody by any means, but I'm just saying like, it is a business. They treat it like a business and it's, it's that, that takes away all the fun. It takes away the enjoyment. Some of the best times that we've had in the last uh, few years, the, th- the four of us here on this podcast is not taking a camera at all in the field. Like just forget it and just go out and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And it's been incredible, but do I like wish I had better footage of my buck I shot this year? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I wish I did on my good camera for Which sure. One? Right. I don't have the better camera. I had a GoPro, which was great and it helped capture capture the moment, but it's not like you could see like the zoom in or, you know, but again, like you guys said earlier, would you have even had the chance to shoot if you're trying to get on film? Would you have messed it up? Would you have clicked the camera on accident? Would you have hit something, you know? So it it adds a lot of aspects that are hard, but um, definitely, you know, I would never give up on it, number one, because if you really enjoy doing it, it's all that matters. Yeah. But it's good that you guys can time it the way you want. You don't have to be pressured to do anything too fast, and you can make it the way you want. Yeah. But I think the hardest thing the is thing just with the us. Way- oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I didn't help you. The, but the thing with us was, uh, or is, is our distance. Like, we're so, we're six and a half hours apart from each other. So that limits us. We both have families both have you know normal jobs so we've got to try to juggle everything and that makes it super tough whereas if we lived you know in the same town we could you know once a weekend make a a video or something and uh you know post more videos regularly so it limits us to you know putting out four to five quality videos a year doing it this way and it kind of you know it might make us fall behind a little bit but that's our biggest uh struggle is just distance between us and you know just regular life getting in the way of things so if we lived close to each other it would it would be way different for sure i mean i what 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 he's saying i think as way different i think 
we would have a lot more content that's like super quality like yeah instead of being like right now i'm like hey mac uh film like a bow review film like a bow build film this stuff because he's got it all of his stuff at his house and i'm like and then someone in the family we used to mail stuff but we stopped doing that because the the mail place kept losing stuff so (laughs) so now we just wait so he might film it this weekend and then somebody brings it to me on oh we went up to visit matt or three four weeks from now then i put it together that takes me a week and then by then it's like uh, uh, who cares now it's been five ten whatever weeks since it happened so we all the time i'll be like dude i got an idea let's do this and this he's like yeah if i live next door yeah i'm like yeah that's true so that is the hard part we 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 we, uh started using um we did do that a lot uh mobile but you know it just depends how long your videos are and the quality but we use OneDrive, G Drive to like transfer those files, and it works great. Um, but it's slow, you know, because you have to upload it and download, and you got to have the high Wi-Fi to do, or not Wi-Fi, the high Ethernet to do it. Um, but that could help you guys because it is something that you know we have taken advantage of for people yeah. in Indiana and Illinois that work with us here and there, um, and uh, that helps a lot. So, but you know, again, it, if it's a 4K video, which most likely it is, you just have to figure out the compression and the how big they are right and you might have to cut it in sections is what i'm saying i guess so instead of every one minute it might be a separate video clip just fyi but it works really good that's my quick tip of the day <laughs> <laughs> one that's that's one one you asked what our goals were one thing that we talked about we're going to try to do more now is if you look back at all of our stuff it's a lot of hunts and then a little bit of diy stuff but we were like dude let's start doing we have the ability to do better gear reviews than we're doing you know like we're like dude you just sit down and do a quick like a 60 second gear review like not necessarily say this is why you should buy it but this is why we like to use this particular yeah. thing yeah. just for content and stuff and it seems like it gets a lot more clicks or whatever yeah Bow builds if we put like a if we put like a hooters girl in the beginning it's like clickbait they just click right yeah, away right. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> it's a, are, we, are, we back video to that? are we back to that sperm thing again is that what we're doing now <laughs> yes yes we are they watched for three seconds and then they, they turned it off as soon as the guys came on the, the video. Oh so, my gosh. That's so funny. I all right, know. guys. Well, this has been a fun talk. Honestly, I think, uh, I think we've all learned something today. So, uh, Reaper archery, you guys check out a lot. put the links below. Um, and you guys, thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun and Hey, yeah. keep in touch. Definitely could talk some tips and, uh, you know, give yeah, me for sure. Shoot me a, a message and we'll, uh, we'll chat maybe later this week or, or next week and, talk about some ideas and stuff for you guys for social and all that, but, you know, keep at it, you know, keep your head up, keep moving and enjoy it. And, you know, don't rush these things and don't turn complacent. Because once you think you got social figured out, you know, <laughs> Facebook smash a- algorithms change. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.